Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I don't think I ever really had the flu or was sick. On the flight to Indianapolis that week, I was in the airport, I was waiting for a burger to get made, and I had somebody walk into me, and it knocked on the ground. And you know, it kind of had the it had the paper on it still, Mike, and I just said, ooh, I don't think it really hit the ground, and I ate it. And I'm telling you, that's what I got. I, <laughs> there are Damn. certain places right. where the five-second rule should never apply. Never! LaGuardia Airport is number one on the list. There it is. Six, five, four, bye-bye. Oh, I didn't know we had a separate angle. We got a damn solo angle? What are we? We got more angles than the NFL and replay review. What the hell is going on? Unbelievable. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever seen that. When that reminds me of a few weeks ago, there was a different angle of the Immaculate Reception for the first time in nearly 50 years. We get a separate angle of Chris Sims having his moment where the revenge of the the floor burger from LaGuardia occurred. Right. What the hell was I thinking? And then here I am. We take a year off from COVID, and I'm back, and I'm fighting, you know, my poison ivy. I'm sitting here looking at myself in the return monitor, and I'm going, damn, I still look like some, like you know, Jim Harbaugh. Somebody threw a left hook at me last night. I still got a little of a swollen eye. So what's the deal with me coming here and being a mess is my other question. I, I don't know. I guess I'm a mess. That, always, w- a that, would, be, that would be a much <laughs> better story if that was actually what was You like the Harbaugh on, but, punch? Uh, you would like that? Yes, yes, and, and that's a, a hidden benefit to him being hired by the Vikings. If that had indeed occurred, there could be a damn. You're right; it could have gone down right here somewhere. Could, yeah. could, could have happened on camera. Could have been better than you throwing up in the wastebasket two years ago. I was reminded today that it it was it's three years since I got a phone call yes. from Stats, who was working with us at the time at five forty five. Where are you? It's like, well, I'm not there. So stats got to do the first <laughs> segment of the radio show. One of my favorite show. days ever. Right, right. I was still on time. I was still on time for the TV show, but I was indeed tardy for the for the radio show. Uh, that that well, we was, had the radio. That we still, had that. I still don't was understand that, what happened. No, I, I'm shocked. I know with you, Mister Schedule Oriented, no days off, many Bill Belichick over there. Yes, I'm shocked as well. Uh, was that also the same year you were Johnny Bench Press and like just dominating the bench press when you got home with your pec decks and like just everything? Just remember that you you were so here that it is. Oh my ago. gosh, look at there this it guy. Is. That was two years that ago. That was two there years ago. Because because you said I yep. couldn't do the bar with two forty five pound plates, total of one thirty five. That I couldn't do it twenty oh, times. Yeah. As soon as I got in the door from Indy, I went down to the gym and I did the uh, I did the twenty. Macy was not impressed with the with the uh, performance. The last two or impressed. three were difficult. I, 
Yeah, that's all right. But you know you're not hitting your chest, which like everyone likes to hit their chest to kind of bump themselves up. So a good form, pretty good for an old-timer like yourself. I mean, I'm not going to be I, mad there. I'm not, I, don't, I question ago, whether I it's 135, though. It is. I, it does look it like is. one. It is. It's one. Okay. No, all right. No, it's 135. It it's okay. the big plates. I'm telling you, it's the big plates. It's the it's the 45 pounders <laughs> on each side. 90 plus. What plus the 45 that the bar is. It was it was indeed. All right. 135. If you say I, so. I, I thought of that. A lot of pushback here the from people day. behind the scenes. I don't think so. I'm telling you, it is indeed. <laughs> it's they're still on there. I can do it again today if you want me to. I'll do it again today. Sure. Two years later. Uh, it's it'll I, be good content to open the show tomorrow. I like it. You know, you're not here. You might I, as well I, do something while you're there in West Virginia. Get on the bench press. <laughs> one thing that I noticed watching that video, and and this is a byproduct of the pandemic, and you'd think it would go in reverse. You'd think that I would have gained weight since I haven't done anything for the last two years. I've actually lost weight in two years. Probably wow. like twenty yeah, that's pounds. Definitely. Wow, is that right? That much so, weight? You didn't look that. He- you didn't look heavy to there. 20. I can tell you that. Yeah, F- fifteen to twenty. I, I, it, I, I got a nice little. I got a nice little inner tube that I can carry pretty well. But uh, that's now gone, and uh, so maybe I would have to put the thirty fives on instead of the forty fives, or the twenty fives is the case. Maybe <laughs> since I'm lighter now. Okay. So right. I'm not. I'm All not right. sure. You know, I'm not sure I can do it. I'm not sure I can do it. I, I, but I'll uh, I'll give it a try later. I, I hope you can't. I hope you can get to about eighteen or nineteen. Then it all tumbles over, and you don't get it. It'll just make it even better. I, uh, that's what I'm rooting for. Sorry, friend. <laughs> well, we're all two years older, including Tom Brady, who, even though he is indeed forty four and supposedly retired, continues to be the talk of the league because he's the one who six days after supposedly retiring, said, never say never, said, I don't know how I'm going to feel when June or July rolls around. So, obviously, both the general manager and the head coach of his current team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were asked about it in Indianapolis on Tuesday. Let's hear from both Jason Light, the GM, Bruce Arians, the head coach, on the possibility of Tom Brady playing again in 2022. I, I think with a with a Tom Brady, you never, I personally, never want to completely close the door. Now I don't have any information that suggests that he is going to come back. I mean, I'm very good friends with him. I, we talk. We don't. We haven't talked about that. I don't want to apply any pressure. I'm not saying that we're uh, by any means we're planning on this happening. I just made a remark this morning that uh, we'll leave a light on for him. If Tom says he wants to come back and play for another team, do you envision like kind of granting him his wish or whatever? No. No. <laughs> Is that because it's acrimonious? You just don't want him? Uh... Bad business. What if a team made it worth your while? Five number ones? <laughs> maybe, maybe. So none of, it, it wouldn't tug on your heartstrings at all to do a solid for a guy, you know, that, that came and played for you guys for two no. years? No, 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 no emotional attachment no. to that kind of decision. We'll play golf. If I, if I beat him, he has to come back. So, look, you got lights saying they're going to leave the light on, and I think they recognize they're unlikely to land a quarterback who would be so clearly accomplished that it would make it impossible to bring back Tom Brady. And I think Brady was kind of – my theory is kind of hoping they move on from him so it's easier to move on from them after June 1. Yeah. I think, and we've right. talked about this before, Tom Brady didn't retire from football. Tom Brady retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he hasn't yet to come out and be aggressive about that position. After yesterday, maybe he's going to have to. Maybe that's another factor yeah, sounds in like his it. path right. back to the NFL, especially if you listen to Arians. But you know what, Chris? I don't think Arians has any juice in the organization when it comes to I don't think so either. I don't either. think Tom Brady's calling right. Bucko Bruce and saying, hey, can you trade me to another team? This is Jason Light or Glazer level decision making. Arians can say all he wants, but at the end of the day, I don't think he's making the decision. I agree. I think this is uh, above him in that way, and I don't mean that disrespectfully for Bruce Arians, but yeah, this is it's a huge organizational decision. It is, and of course, yeah, there's a lot that plays into it. It's Tom Brady. It's the goat. You know, it's the money, the ticket factors, all of that. I- I'm with you there. I think it's totally an ownership, Jason Light decision, definitely. You know, I felt like, hey, Bruce Arians, just you know, I know he can be a little short with answers and all of that, but. 
And I think there are those rumors percolating about Brady right now. You know, the stuff we talked about on Monday. I mean, I, you and I know we, we both have enough ta- tangible evidence or people we talk to to know that it's real. So he's hearing that. I bet you he's annoyed with that too. So, you know, even though it's not him, he's kind of going to show his little power, at least in the situation, or, or at least just make it a little, mo- a little bit more uncomfortable for Brady and his camp to feel like, oh, they're going to be able to maneuver and make what, whatever move they want to make here if he does decide to come back. I still think he re- – like, I like how you said that. He didn't retire from football. He retired from the Bucks. I do think he's, you know, retired from the Bucks and – thinking about retirement of the football, but just doesn't want to close the door shut completely yet. You know, I think it's go back to something you brought up many a times. He brings up that point about what am I going to feel like in June and July and, you know, training camp when I start to see people on TV. And I think that's going to be the ultimate final test to see if Brady stays home or goes somewhere. Um, but, yeah, that, that was Jason Light. I mean, I'm in full transparency. I felt like looked nervous answering those questions yesterday. And I felt like Bruce Arians, just, again, my opinion and, and evaluating the situation, looked like a guy that was a little like, hey, I'm hearing some of these rumors and I'm annoyed. And Tom Brady ain't going to get away with all this crap that's out there. And he kind of, in a Bruce Arians way, kind of tried to put an end to all of that. When you think back to the statement that Tom Brady issued on the day that he retired, he was very yeah. comprehensive and profuse in thanking the Buccaneers. Pretty much everyone in the organization didn't mention the Patriots right. at all. That created a little bit of a firestorm, but maybe we were supposed to interpret that as a farewell to the Bucks, not a farewell of football not a farewell Maybe you're right Mike and thank you to the Patriots just I'm done in Tampa Bay and look Chris something I want to go back and do it's on my list of things to take a closer look at when he did his extension last year in my mind it was a cap management tool it wasn't hey right. I really love it here I want to extend my commitment by a year and that's important because if he did that deal last year as a favor to them to reduce his cap number it makes it easier for him to go to them quietly and say why are you why are you doing this? If I want to go somewhere else, just let me go. Whether it's release me, yeah. whether it's trade me for some face-saving fifth-round pick or something like that, but don't stand in my way if I want to go somewhere else because all I had to do last year was not do the stupid extension and keep you in a bad salary cap spot, and that wouldn't have been good for anybody. So let's not play this game. Right. Yes, you have me under contract for a year, but I signed a two-year deal two years ago, and that's the deal we should be thinking about. Yeah, I I think so there. I think it goes to the point, Mike, about, you know, maybe some conversations have already been had, you know, maybe even back to that point that you're talking about there where, you know, Brady, the ownership, Don Yee have had some of these conversations a little bit that, you know, you can't tie down Brady if he decides to want to go. So I I would think that there's some some backroom high level conversations that are going on there that, yeah, maybe Bruce Arians maybe is not you know, getting the, the, the full green light or all authority to be a part of those, definitely. Now, where I do find it interesting still with the Buccaneers is just this one thing because this, this is one thing I've noticed in the, you know, throughout the media the last, like, 10 days or whenever Brady retired is, like, people, like, act like the Bucks aren't still good. Like, if I'm one of these free agent quarterbacks, all right, maybe not Aaron Rodgers, all right, I get that. Maybe not Aaron Rodgers because there's a little bit more of a comparison and pressure with him going to the Tampa Bay Bucks, But if I'm one of these free agents or one of these guys that wants to get traded somewhere, man, the Bucks would be at the top of my list. What is not to like about the Bucks? They're still one of the most perfectly orchestrated teams in all of football. I mean, I think we both would sit here and go, man, if they were healthy going in the playoffs, I don't know what would have happened. We know that. But you look at them and you go, offensive line, top notch. Running back, okay, they got enough there. It's good. Receivers, tight end, all that. You know, it's all there, whether Gronk comes back or not. Defensive side of the ball, it's top-notch throughout. I mean, just stars everywhere. So that's where I do look at the situation and go, I think the Bucks are going to be a player here at some point. You know, Deshaun Watson, where his options end up and, and how all that plays out. How can he not look at Tampa and go, man, I'd love to go there with Bruce Arians and that team and, you know, the pressure won't just be on me to carry the squad right away. I can get back into the flow of things and then kick butt by about halfway part of the year and start to take over games that way. Uh, the Bucks to me, are one of the more intriguing offseason you know, teams to look out for and what they're going to do here because they're still in the Super Bowl window. There, I saw yesterday while we were doing our interviews in the afternoon that Arians said something about Deshaun Watson that didn't sound right. like it was a promising destination. It's an ownership call because of the off-field 
concerns and realities for Deshaun Watson. But when you consider what Russell Wilson said yesterday about loving Seattle and wanting to stay there when he was asked about the possibility of going to the Washington Commanders, I don't think he's leaving because I don't think they're going to let him go and he's not the kind of guy to overtly fight for his way out. He's going to compartmentalize and I think it's easy for him to say, last year was a fluke, I was injured, let's give it another try this year and see if we can get the most out of this new offense with Shane Waldron and maximize the other changes that were made. So I think he's out of play for the Bucks. And Rodgers, you, you mentioned him. I'm not sure the Packers would trade him to an NFC team, an elite NFC yeah, team that's like right the 49ers too. I'm with or you. the Buccaneers. So, uh, no question, it, Mike. It, look, I, it's going to be an attractive destination, but whoever they get, I don't think it's going to be so clearly good and so clearly expensive that they couldn't reabsorb Brady. I just don't think Brady yeah. wants to be yeah. reabsorbed by them. And maybe this dance is all about just making it harder for him to go somewhere else. Because because from Arian's perspective, does he really want to see Brady go to San Francisco and and be a Super Bowl quarterback and win another Absolutely one in his not. first year? Right. If he if he does that somewhere else, it makes it look even more irrelevant that Arians had a role in it, that others had a role in it. It just looks like Brady goes somewhere where there's a lot of talent in place, and he's the difference maker. He's the one that pushes them to a Super Bowl championship and no one else. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, Bruce doesn't want to see that as a competitor, first off. He, he doesn't. I mean, that, that would be the first thing. Yes, I think just overall, you know, whatever you want to say, the perception, the aura of Bruce Arians – Yes, would take a blow a little bit if Tom Brady goes somewhere and wins the Super Bowl at some other place. Definitely, um, yeah, I, I think that. And 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 at the baseline, like no coach or team wants to feel like they've been used, right? And then when you hear the rumors and things that are out there, you know. And again, I I know they're rumors, but usually with Brady, when we hear rumors, they all are true. That's 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 what people miss. Like it's it ends up being true. Oh, he might go to Tampa or San Francisco. Oh, wait, it's real. Oh, he actually is going to Tampa. It, there's, you can go down the list of kind of the stories with Brady throughout time and go, eh, when you're, where there's smoke, there's fire a little bit. And like that, not only do you, would you feel used with Bruce Arians, but again, there's a little bit of a perception out there that, yeah, there was, you know, they weren't on the same page always. The people I talked to when we discussed this on Monday about the Sean Payton Brady angle and them both going to Miami, hey, one of the things that I was told by multiple people, again, was that Brady. You know, got frustrated with Arians towards the end of the year because him and Leftwich, as we discussed, would come up with the game plan and really go through the intricacies. And then Bruce would kind of come in and blow things up and change things around. And that frustrated them. And again, just I've heard it too much for, for me to not think it's somewhat real there. And I would think that would, you know, piss off Bruce Arians a little bit too. Sorry, London. Well, and we haven't had that, that in a while. while. And by the way, hello, hello, London. They're moving our show hello, around London. now. It's the off season. Some nights we're on at seven local times. Some days we're on at five. So all we can say to the folks who enjoy the program on Sky Sports NFL is number one, we have no control over when the show is on. Number two, you're just going to have to check your listings, not just weekly but daily, to see which day we are going to be on. Another thing about Brady, he doesn't like to get into public confrontations. He doesn't like to have to say things that will get him criticized by anyone. And I think the last thing he wants is a situation like the one Aaron Rodgers has been in, regardless of how it resolves. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But and, and, and also I think Brady thinks he's above having to play these games. He should just be able to say, I'm Tom Brady, and I think you should let me go, and we shouldn't have to play this. We shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to mess around. You should appreciate what I did for you sufficiently that I don't have to dirty my hands or dirty my mouth trying to get you to let me the F out of here. I think that is the attitude emanating from the greatest player of all time, and I think he's earned that. I think he's earned the ability to not have to work all that hard to get the Buccaneers to do what I think he wants them to do. Uh, I, I mean, I hear that. He has earned it. Earned it. Uh, you know, again, it's still the NFL. It's still business. You still got a lot of male ego, you know, alpha male. What? You're not going to do that to me, at least on the coaching playing side that aren't going to love that. I get it. Yes, Brady has earned that right. And, you know, back to what we talked about earlier, I just think that there's, you know, I, 
again, I, I would think that there's a relationship between Brady and his camp and Tampa ownership. And of course, we know Jason Light is close with Brady. He was in New England. I was in New England with Jason Light. So there's that relationship there to think that, yes, the, there's been probably some talks. And I, I, I think at the end of the day, the Glacier family, no matter what, is going to look at Brady and go, yes, if you really want to go somewhere, I think they'll make it happen. They're good people for one. They're going to really love and respect Brady for the fact that he took a chance and came to Tampa Bay, not a big market. None of us expected that to happen. And then, of course, bringing them a Super Bowl. I think they're forever indebted to him. And, yeah, uh, you know, again, back to the original, I don't think Bruce Arians could stop this if he wants. This is, again, this is a Glazier decision where Jason Light will be involved in a little bit. But this is, this is the big timers involved here. There's just something about the mere fact that Arians was talking about Brady yesterday as if he were any other player on whom they could or would squat. Because he's hearing these things. This is, to me, this this is is Tom Brady, though. I know. getting frustrated. I know. And that's the way Bruce is. But I'm just saying something about that in and of itself seems like Tom Brady shouldn't be getting treated that way. And regardless of what you think of Brady. Still, he's accomplished more than anyone else. Seven Super Bowl wins. He's reached a level yep. that I think there's an inherent respect that he has earned. Again, regardless of what you think of him, regardless of whether or not you're just sick of him and want him to go away, I think that that those kinds of comments are reserved for other players, not for Tom Brady. He's crossed that boundary. He's he's above everybody else, and it's just weird to hear Bruce Arians talk like that. And I think it'll piss Brady off. I think when he sees, if he's paying any attention whatsoever to what Bruce Arians has been saying, I think it will agitate him and it will make him more likely to come back next year just so he can stick it to Bruce Arians for saying all the things he did at the scouting combine. I mean, that's just human nature. But it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if he's already thinking about it. If he's already planning to try to do it, it's not going to make him any less determined. He's not going to go hide in a corner because Bruce Arians is huffing and puffing. Yeah. It's going to make him stand up and blow, blow Bruce. Blah, 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 kid can't even talk. Blow Bruce Arians' house down. Say that five times fast. Blow Bruce Arians' house down. That's what I was trying to say. If I blow right. Bruce Arians' house down five times fast, I might get us fired. That's a tough one, and I'm not going to say it. But that can come out all different okay. ways out of my mouth. Okay. So let's not go there. Okay. Okay. But here's one thing I'll say because, I mean, I, I agree with you with a lot, but we don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. We don't know what's been said, you know. There has been some, I don't know how you want to classify it, passive aggressiveness that comes out of Brady's camp to a degree. And Bruce is chippy. He ain't going to play it. And one of the reasons I love Bruce is Bruce doesn't give a damn if you're the GOAT or Peyton Manning or Big Ben or some other star. He's just going to say it the way he sees it. And if he feels like you're gonna, you're kind of, you know, I don't know what I want to say, weaseling out of a situation or he feels like somebody's playing politics behind the scene, Bruce doesn't give a damn. He's going to call it out and make it tough and and be that way. That's what I enjoy about Bruce. But, yes, it's a little awkward or a little weird, you know, when it comes to Tom Brady. You're right because he is a different entity. He's the biggest star we probably ever have seen in the history of football. And, of course, all that he's accomplished, it is. It's different to hear, you know, a coach talk about a guy uh, of that level. And – as we have unexpected drama between Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we have unexpected calm between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the team, had a press conference last week, met with reporters on Tuesday. He said not one general manager has asked what the price would be for an Aaron Rodgers trade. Now, that hardly means there's no interest. I just think the time is not nothing. yet ripe. Right. right. The, until we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, there's no reason to waste your time finding out hypothetically what Brian Gutekunst may want. Because what he would want now, if he's trading Aaron Rodgers without Rodgers saying, hey, trade me, is going to be a lot more than when he's pressed into a corner by Rodgers saying, hey, I want you to trade me. So until we know what Rodgers is going to do, I just think that's meaningless. Uh, agreed. I, th- this is one of those situations, Mike. We know how the donuts are made here or behind the curtain. This is teams don't call about Rodgers. This is a situation where, again, a little not like it's Brady, but this is a, a the second biggest star in football. You know, one of the biggest stars we've seen in football over the last ten years, certainly Aaron Rodgers. Th- this is a situation where 
He calls the team. They call the team. He lets you know we're interested, and then they start to come up with the trade package. People aren't going to call Green Bay and go and like start a, a bidding war right now. This is a, it's in Rogers, you know, camp and his on his plate right now as far as what to do. So we haven't heard a decision there. And then if he decides he doesn't want to come to Green Bay, okay, that's going to happen. He's probably going to tell them a list of teams that he's interested in, right? And now he's also, why he's letting Green Bay know, his agent's letting those teams that he's interested in know, and there's when the conversations strike up, and now they call the Green Bay Packers to go, okay, let's see if we can make a deal. But there's no, like to your point, there's no reason for right now, for the, from the call right now. And yeah, that's a kind of a, a cherry-picked headline right there where people are kind of jumping off on it right now. And, and I also think that, and this isn't a criticism of Brian Gutekunst. I just think it's an acknowledgement of the sensitivity of the situation. He's got a time bomb, and you have to take tweezers to it, not dull chopsticks. You have to be very, very careful in how you go about dismantling this thing. And you can say something like you did last week. Oh, I've never promised that he's going to be traded. Things like that can inflame a situation where it feels like the two sides are coming together. And this is a comment that Aaron Rodgers may see and misinterpret or just interpret the right way. I don't know what messages Gutekunst is trying to send to Aaron Rodgers. But at a time when it feels like the plane is landing slowly for Rodgers to stay in Green Bay, this is the kind of thing that may get the, the pilot to pull the stick a little bit and, uh, and maybe circle the airport one more time. Uh, at a time when we're expecting something, we are two weeks away right now from the start of the 2022 league year and Rodgers has said repeatedly he's going to make his intentions known before free agency begins it kind of begins 12 days from now when the legal tampering window opens but the contracts can be signed the trades can be made two weeks from today so I I expect something from him this week I think if we don't get something from him by Close the business on Friday, or who knows when he's going to make an announcement. I guess there's a 24-hour news cycle now. He can tweet whenever he wants, whatever he wants, however he wants. I just think if we get to Monday morning and we haven't heard from him, we're getting a little close to the end, and we're getting beyond where we thought we were going to be from the Aaron Rodgers timeline. So it feels to me like he's going to end up staying put, even though for a long time I thought he was going to be leaving. They're doing everything they can to make it attractive to him in Green Bay, and it is more attractive there than any other team right now. It's certainly up there. I mean, we know that. They're still a really good football team. They've said and done all the right things to kind of put the pressure on Rodgers to where it's going to make him look like, you know, he's not going to get away with, like, looking like, hey, they messed up, they did did me wrong. They've done everything right right here. They've, they've cornered him into a fact where if he wants to get out of there, he's going to have to be the bad guy. And, you know, a little bit like Brady, Rodgers doesn't like to be the bad guy. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, you, you know that. We know that. We talk about that all the time. He's a little different that way. And that's where I do question, like, does he just have – does he have the guts to make that decision? And I, I don't mean that like in a disrespectful way. It's a tough decision to make. I get that. It's not easy to go, wait, I've been the king of this castle for this long – and now I'm going to go try to be the king of another castle and learn all those people in there. And, and, you know, hopefully we can get on the same page about, you know, the playbook and all that type of stuff. That's a huge life adjustment, especially when you are the man in one place. And whatever you say kind of goes, as we've talked about in Green Bay. That's just the way it's set up. Brett Favre is king. They, he gave the throne to Aaron Rodgers. He's the king. They kind of run the organization. And that's where I still I guess I still feel like it's 50 50. I do, and especially, you know, I think when you tie in some of the things, again, you hear from uh, the GM from the Broncos yesterday, and the fact that Nathaniel Hackett in Denver can be a guy that can maybe massage that move a little bit and make him feel like, hey, it's still home. It's a little different castle, but, you know, we, we know that, you know, and we know that other castle, and everything's good here, too. That, to me, where I still give it an outside chance, I do. Uh, but I, I guess I, I'm with you in the fact of I don't know if he could actually pull the trigger and make this move. That's something I got to see. I just think back to Brady two years ago, Stafford yeah. last year. It, both guys were leaving situations where the team with them was not going to be a Super Bowl contender. Yes. Jumping to teams that right. instantly became Super Bowl contenders and ultimately Super Bowl winners. I just I don't know where that spot is in the AFC. There are a couple in the NFC. San Francisco doesn't have the trade assets at this point. 
to get Aaron Rodgers because of the Trey Lance trade last year. And the Buccaneers may not be a team that, number one, Rodgers would want to play for because why do you want to follow in the footsteps of Tom Brady? And number two, the Packers may want to not trade him to any team in the NFC. And the AFC is so competitive right now. And, And look, I get the theory that, hey, he's not going to shy away from competition. Bring it on. That's what Travis Kelsey said at the Super Bowl. The idea of Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver. Bring it on. Let's do it. Maybe that's his attitude. I want to jump into a a, a hotter kitchen. I'm sick of playing in this division where we're much better than every other team in there. And I have to get myself into the right frame of mind because it just doesn't naturally happen. We have no real rivals in our division. That's no fun. I want to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice a year. I want to deal with Justin Herbert twice a year. I want to deal with Derek Carr twice a year. He may relish that opportunity, not say, well, that's going to make it harder for me to get to a Super Bowl. And I, he's probably more yeah. wired to be the former, to say, I want to go in there and mix it up with these guys and show that I'm better than them. I'm the old man, and I'm better than all three of them. I, I, you know, again, I, I mean, he shouldn't back down or let those things, I think, be a determining factor. That's what I mean. Again, this guy that followed Brett Favre, I mean, that's one of the most pressure packed situations you could ever be in. He handled it, you know, in, in flying colors. He, of course, was unbelievable and brought them to a Super Bowl three years after Favre left. And that was amazing. And he was, of course, already the best player in football. So he's dealt with that type of pressure before. He has, um, you know, I, I look at the the Green Bay situation with them. You know, we've we've heard you know, hey, they'll give them more money. The Bakhtiari thing, what's what's going on with that situation? Restructuring contracts, right? You know, if I'm Rodgers, I'm I'm gonna wait to the last possible second to just get a feel for what direction the team's going to, though. You know that that is one thing for sure. You know, yeah, they're a, they're a really good football team. We know that, but. You know, hey, what is going to happen with Devontae Adams? What is going to happen with some of the guys on the defense that we've heard about that are, you know, on the fence of whether they're going to be back? They have the salary cap issues, all of those type of things. I'd want to get a real, as clear a picture as I can, you know, to get a feel for what kind of team I'm going to have with me in Green Bay here and go from there. And and then you go. And then maybe you can evaluate, okay, wait here. This is where I kind of think the Packers will look like. Okay, this is I got a kind of a feel for what, you know, the Broncos might look like or another team that fancies him, whatever you want to say there. And then you try to make your decision. And that's why if I was him, I would wait to the last possible second just to see how Gutenkust and company kind of organize things here with the salary cap and the team going forward. By the way, I got a complaint via email from someone who didn't like the fact that we spent the first 20 minutes of the program talking about Tom Brady. Probably doesn't like the fact that we spent the next minute. 10 minutes talking about Aaron Rodgers because the combine starts today. I don't know what they want us to say about the combine right out of the gates, especially when some fairly significant stuff was said yesterday about the greatest player of all time who supposedly retired and clearly isn't and is trying to get his way out of Tampa Bay and Bruce Aarons is trying to just slam the door and keep him from leaving. I tend to think that's a pretty significant topic for us to discuss, regardless of what else is going on in the NFL. We haven't seen a combine player yet first. So tell that emailer yes. Chris Sims said shut up and email yes. somebody else, all right? <laughs> now. That was the that other was, thing that I was wanna, my, I my response was my quick. response was what do yeah. you want us to talk about about the combine? Nothing's happened yet. I, and there's nothing that's going on yet. We're, we're going to play some interviews from coaches yesterday and we did that. So that's coming up. So, you know, you know, buckle your seatbelt there, buddy. Uh, but hey, here's one other thing too that uh, I've thought about a little bit. You know, Rodgers, we know the Tampa Bay thing, but Tampa Bay and, you know, the possibility, it seems scary, all of that. And, yes, I doubt that Green Bay would ever trade him there. But one thing I do think about, like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you wanted to, like, silence critics sometimes, like, don't be afraid of Tampa Bay. Man, what if what if he ever would, did go down there and just kick butt and they won a Super Bowl? That'd go a long way for his legacy, too. It really would. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because Green Bay, like we've talked about, is not going to trade in the NFC, but I have thought about that. And it kind of speaks again to, you know, you can't be scared to make your decision all on the optics. Right? I mean, Brady had the guts to go to Tampa. Tampa hadn't really done anything. And it was, whoa, wait, Drew Brees and Sean Payton are in the division. This is going to be tough. So, you know, it comes to the AFC West – you know, again, don't be scared of that if it came down to Denver. Don't be worried about Herbert, Mahomes, Derek Carr. Yeah, you're as good as them right now, certainly. And, you know, you go with the team that you think can set you up best to succeed to the top of your level, of your highest level of play, and you see where it goes from there. I hope he's not going to be too, um, 
you know, what do I want to say, affected by these these circumstances or the optics or the pressure of the politics of football and everything that goes on around that. I just really sense that it's working its way toward him staying put. There's been you It know, seems the, like it's slowed the, down. Yeah, we just Yeah. yeah. We, we saw we saw the Instagram post last Monday night which was yeah. capped with a photo of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams standing at the national anthem before the game against the Chiefs where Rodgers wasn't there, so there was an empty spot between them. And I thought that was a pretty clear message. He's leaving Green Bay. And then the next day, he said on McAfee's show, I'm having some great conversations. And yeah, the, the report that there's there's negotiations happening between the Packers and Rodgers' agents about a short-term deal, to me, I think, is the indication that that he's leaning towards staying put, but we'll see, you know, maybe he's just trolling everyone. Maybe he wants it to have maximum drama. Maybe he wants us all to think he's staying. And then we're going to get the, the sudden reveal of his intention to go play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or some other team. So we'll see how that goes. You mentioned the Broncos and we spoke to George Payton, the GM of the team yesterday. And, and look, if there was any doubt that, they're going to be in play for a new quarterback, a high-end quarterback. There should be none. I asked him, among other things, to rate the sense of urgency on a scale of 1 to 10 when it comes to addressing the quarterback position this year. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be a 10 for every team that doesn't have that guy, that franchise guy. You know, we like Drew Luck. Uh, we like what Teddy did last year, but we're always looking, you know, and, and uh, so I think it's a 10. You know, you, it's, you know we, everyone needs that type of quarterback to get to where they need to go, and, and we're no different. Yeah, to get to where they need to go. They want a franchise quarterback. They don't have one. All due respect to Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. They want a high-end guy. And they're in a position where they got an attractive team, Chris. They, they've got very, the pieces. Very. And, yes, it's a tough division to be in, but, oh, well, that happens. You've got a team that is on the rise and they get one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And I think it, right now Watson may be the best choice uh, because I just right. think the other two are going to stay put. But we'll see. But this is a team that could explode with the right quarterback in place. Uh, agreed there. They're, they're one of those teams that you know we, we talked about it last year. It, just, it was about the quarterback play. We saw potential there. Receivers are top-notch. You know, you, you talk about Cortland Sutton, you know, who was coming off an ACL injury and probably not totally himself. Jerry Judy, who got hurt early on in the year and had to battle back from a high ankle sprain. So, you know, but there's Tim Patrick, what they have there. You got two pretty good running backs. The offensive line's finally settled down. The D, the secondary's really good. They got a coach in there, and EJ Evero, who comes from the, you know, uh, Brandon Staley, Wade Phillips coaching tree, been with Monty Kiffin. And Nathaniel Hackett, of course, his system, he's been around a lot of different coaches. He's got the West Coast and Shanahan and LaFleur, along with some other systems involved in there. There's a lot of positives with Denver. There really is. Bradley Chubb, you know, hopefully he can be back healthy. They might need one or two guys in their front seven. But, yes, Denver is one of those teams where I think we both agree, like, they're not far off. And one of those type of quarterbacks, I think, ultimately would jet the, jet, in, or, you know, jet them up the the – the Florio power rankings to where you'd go, wait, they're no longer just like maybe a playoff team. You get one of these quarterbacks, you go, no, they're, they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Jordan Palmer, who's working with Deshaun Watson, had some comments recently about what Watson can be this year and you know how hard he's working. He's ready to go. And look, he's, he's being paid to work with him, Quincy Avery as well. And there was some controversy too because Avery threw some shade at – the Texans receivers in 2020, but I, I really am interested to see where Watson will be after a year off. And will he be a better quarterback? Will he make a huge difference if he ends up being the guy? But I, I think at the end of the day, between Watson, Rodgers, and Wilson, I think Watson is the only one that's going to end up moving right now. Um, and maybe Denver is the place where he ends up. So uh, wherever it yeah, is, well, however we ever it is, had a, we'll find out. We, yeah, right. Have we ever had a year where like two unbelievable franchise quarterbacks have been traded? Has there ever been a year like that? I mean, the chances of two of them happening, you know, yes, it's rare. It's rare. Now, Watson, I mean, yes, he's going to be traded, so I'm not even counting him, but I'm talking about Wilson and Rodgers. Yes, 
You know, I, I heard Bruce Arians say, like, maybe one goes down. You never see two of those guys get traded. They're too special. Uh, so, and, and, and when he said that, you know, you, I agree with that. You're right. It's not the type of thing you see. But it is two guys that are, you know, smart, calculated, uh, have a way of working the political angles to a degree and can be very, I feel like, passive aggressive to a degree to get what they want. And, you know, we know enough to know that there has definitely been interest from Wilson to get out of there over the last year and a half. And we know the Rogers situation. So, yeah, it should lead to an exciting offseason. And we need some of these dominoes to fall and, you know, or at least one to fall to see where the rest of this, you know, these teams with empty chairs at the quarterback position can go from there. Yeah, and look, we haven't seen two high-end franchise quarterbacks get traded, but at the same time, this is a different era for NFL quarterbacks. The, the NBA mentality has crept into the NFL as it relates to quarterbacks, high-end quarterbacks. Yeah, And right. we saw Matthew Stafford last year traded to the Rams, and they're still cradling the Lombardi Trophy. The year before, it wasn't a trade. It was free agency for Tom Brady, but this attitude that – Quarterbacks, you know, it used to be they just stay with their team forever, except maybe at the very end of the career when the team's right. already thinking about moving on. That's when you see the movement dating all the way back to John Unitas and Joe Namath and, you know, others yeah, since right. then, Joe Montana, Brett Favre. But this idea that a guy still with prime years left, a guy that his current team still should want, not wanting to be there anymore, that's a fairly new phenomenon. So, you know, I think if Wilson was willing to engage in the fight to get out of Seattle, he could. I just don't think he's willing to engage in the fight this year. He seemed more willing to fight yeah. last year. I think it tormented him more, Chris, that they went 12-4 and four and lost at home in the first round of the playoffs than this year when it all fell apart after he banged his finger against the helmet of Aaron Donald and was never the same the rest of the year. I think it was easier for him to accept a disappointing ending to the season this year than it was last year, so we haven't we haven't seen that interview where he's expressing consternation about the way things are, like he did with Dan Patrick last year. And I think that was orchestrated and engineered. Nothing's not orchestrated or engineered with Russell Wilson. No, I, I think he's he's less unhappy than he was a year ago. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's realizes things in the organization organization are going to change. Maybe he feels like they're going to change on the offensive side of the ball, or maybe he just decided the grass isn't always greener on the other side. There is, but that's one where, you know, again, I, he's a guy that I, I, it's it, he could be. It seems like he could be very quiet and tactical that way. He really he is, but we have not heard rumors or anything as as of late where you feel like oh. This is still kind of percolating. You should be right. It kind of seems like it's all calmed down, and he's happy or at peace with where he is. Um, so we'll see where it goes. He does have some weapons around him at the receiver position. We know that the offense has been an issue. We ha we know that we know that too. And is, will Pete Carroll adjust? And I think that's part of you know that issue as well. Is it always going to be about the defense and the run game? Are they going to open up to what we've heard Russell Wilson really wants, which is it to be about him and you know have an offense like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Now, I, I don't know. I got to see that to believe that. I don't think Pete Carroll can make those type of adjustments. I don't. Um, so that's another one. Like Rodgers, you know, I would think we're going to start to hear something if it's, it's really tangible and real sometime here in the next two or three weeks because you want to get it started, like you've always said, to get the right pieces set for your next team and the move there to make it sure it, it goes you know, smoothly and in the right direction. And, and remember it was a few years ago when Russell Wilson was getting toward the end of his – contract and it's always the year before the contract expires that he pushes for an extension and that would be next year under his current deal he, he has a contract that expires at the end of the 2023 season fast forward to next year peter threw this into the hopper yesterday as it relates to a possible yeah. brady destination let's say he doesn't play this year and the Giants starting quarterback job opens up for 2023. And wouldn't that be something if Tom Brady caps his career with one of his tormentors playing for the Giants in an NFC division that really, as of now, isn't all that difficult. It could change in a year. But what about Russell Wilson to the Giants next year? That was the place yeah. that was being thrown around three years ago when when he was trying to get the Seahawks to give him his new contract one year early. Remember he set a deadline of the start of offseason workouts and they complied with it. They did it. 
the, the Giants were the team that was kind of being kicked around as a potential alternative. Yeah, no, I, I know. Oh, that's what we've always kind of heard, right? It was it was kind of about the city and big market, you know, and so him and Sierra could really be stars within that market and take over the town to a degree. It seems like that was part of the plan, definitely. You know, I mean, again, if it works out that way, I yeah, that I think the Giants probably would keep the door open. Brian Dayball would certainly be able to make it work for Russell Wilson if they realize after next year Daniel Jones, okay, he's not our guy. We got to make a move. What are we going to do? He would certainly make it work with Russell Wilson. There's no doubt. You know, but I still look at it this year and just go, man. There's some teams out there that I just look at that go, damn, they're they're close too. I know we talked about Denver, but like, hey, Philadelphia ain't that far off. They're not that far off. I mean, we we know that they got good tight ends, great offensive line, good receivers. You know, probably could add another running back. Defense is good. I mean, damn, that's another one. I just look at and go, if I'm a quarterback, and that that's available, that's one of those teams. You know, we've heard about Washington, the Commanders. People are disrespecting the Commanders. I know they were seven and ten last year. I get that. You know, they did lose their starting quarterback. They're not far off either. And with like Russell Wilson being not far from that area. I don't know. I mean, again, Washington Commanders, they were in the playoffs two years ago. I know they're in the NFC East. I get that. But, damn, it's also they whooped the crap out of the Bucks. you know, down the stretch of the year. There's some things. That defense is real. It's real talent. Offense is pretty damn good, too. You know, you got a Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Antonio Gibson's one of the better running backs in football. You know, they got a few other receivers to round out the group. I just think there's some teams out there this year, for these quarterbacks at least, that – maybe the public is not giving enough respect to as far as the teams are concerned, thinking like, I heard a lot of talk yesterday, Russell Wilson would never go to Washington. He's not going to go there. They're a disaster. And I want to be like, a disaster? They got a pretty good O-line. They got one of the best D-lines in football. They got some young secondary guys to like. They got some stars at receiver. They got one of the five, six, seven best running backs in the game in Antonio Gibson. I mean, what, what, what the hell are we talking about? So that, that, that to me, again, would be one. If I'm a quarterback and I'm in Russell Wilson's shoes, I'm going, damn, that team's one of those teams where if I go there, they go to a whole other level of a football team and we become a major player. And that's where I find it kind of an interesting year with this whole situation. Site of his first playoff win, 2012 season, the RG3 torn ACL game. Oh, yeah. Seahawks right. that won yeah, that game right. in the wild card round and moved on to the next level. Let's move on to the next segment. When right. we return... The Colts have no answers on the persistent chatter that Carson Wentz has done in Indianapolis, which only causes me to become more convinced that Carson Wentz has done in Indianapolis. We'll break all that down when PFT Life continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. If you have to worry about a five-day waiting period and an exercise of a right to match and you don't get the guy, then I'm on the air. Get out of here, dumbass. 
Jeez. Yeah, he just swoops right in. Chris Sims, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, this giant meat hook comes out of nowhere. I thought you were going to pull me out of the chair. You you swore at me. I did swear live at live radio. I mean, you were that scared. That really wasn't a swear. No, it wasn't. It could have right. been the, worse, it, though. It could have been. It very easily could have been worse. I walked away going, actually, that was the best thing that could have happened, because who knows what could have came out. That was the last time we were in Indianapolis two years ago. Two I long love when you get pissed ago. like that. World, That's my favorite. The world has changed. Well, I was I was doing the radio hour because there used to be a full hour of radio only before we were on TV. And uh, and you come up behind me and the, the giant and I, and I can't you've got E.T. fingers, but they're connected to a hand that, you know, rivals Adrian Peterson's grip. And you slap it onto my shoulder when I don't know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I reacted. I reacted the way that <laughs> good, a human good. being would be expected to react in those circumstances. The Colts uh, management. I wish you were here yesterday. to do it again. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm. Right. What's one of the reasons I'm not? You you can you can think it's because of COVID, but uh, it's also because I didn't want to be manhandled by you. I had enough of it at the Super Bowl three weeks ago. All right, so. Uh, there, there's been so much talk about Carson Wentz being done in Indianapolis, and there's been no pushback from the team on or off the record against the, respo- the reports that he's done one year after they traded with the Eagles to get him there. Here's both Coach Frank Reich and General Manager Chris Ballard from yesterday talking about the future of Carson Wentz or not in Indianapolis. Well, I haven't sat down with Mr. Ursa in a while. I, you know, I know I believe in Carson. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. And so, um, you know, I, I believe he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. That might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. That's fair. Um, I don't know. We're still working through it. And I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about Carson right now. And it's a, I don't have a direct answer for you. Um, we're working through it. Jim, Mr. Ursay, and Frank and I will sit down over the next 10 days and, and figure out where it's going. But if the criticism's fair, then we got to be able to look internally and accept that and grow from it. And look, I'm not saying all of your, it's, most of it's pretty fair. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he grows from this. I think he will. The most telling aspect of the comments was when Frank Reich started to say, I was a big part, and he realized, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, because whoever was responsible for Carson Wentz coming to town should have greater consequences than they have experienced so far. We said that after the season ended. I would want to know who was the driving force behind bringing Carson Wentz to town because that was a failure, a failure for which they're ultimately giving up this year's first-round pick. And it was funny, not funny, not humorous, but odd to see Reich try to catch himself. (laughs) It's too late. I've already said it. Yes, it's Reich's fault that they brought Carson Wentz to town, and it didn't work for a variety of reasons. And look... All of those comments from yesterday are being made against the backdrop of reporting that they're done with him. And nothing they said yesterday pushes back in any way, shape, or form against the idea that they're done with him. I just think they're trying to figure out how to properly offload him. Are they going to have to eat his contract? Are they going to be able to trade him? How much of his salary are they going to have to pay for this year? March 18 is when a $5 million roster bonus comes due. They're going to get it done before then, or $5 million more is going to go out the window. So they're stuck in a tough spot here. But, you know, Chris, the one thing I respect, they're not going to double down on a mistake no. just because of yeah. everything they gave up to get him. If they're ready to move on from him, they're going to move on from him. And nothing I heard yesterday makes me think they're not ready to move on from him. Yeah, would agree with that. Chris Ballard made that pretty clear, that he wasn't going to like double down on the mistake and go like, oh, I'm going to prove it's going to work. I'm going to make sure it works. They're going to do, if he doesn't, if, if they decide it's over, it's over, they're going to move on and, okay, they're going to take their lumps and, and go on and, you know, normal football business. Uh, it, again, you know, we know Frank Reich's a great supporter. Yes, certainly. I mean, we, we heard too many things from Carson Wentz and Frank Reich, even back from the Philadelphia days 
I've talked about Frank Reich early in Carson. I mean, I've talked to Frank Reich early in Carson Wentz's career where, you know, he gushed about Carson Wentz. And he gushed about him. So there's certainly a love affair there. And I understand that because Carson Wentz has some qualities where you go, damn, you know, there's a lot to like here. There is. But there's a few other qualities that I think are going to make teams or make, of course, this team right here. They're just going to go, I'm not sure. And right now it sounds like you have, you know, I agree with you. It seems like he's on his way out of town. But the three amigos, and I mean by that by Reich, Ballard, and Ursay. It does not seem like all three are exactly on the same page. And I think that's where they're probably still figuring this out. I know Ballard made a comment that they were going to have a conversation. Those three were going to have a conversation here in the next 10 days, sit down, and really iron out this situation and try to figure it out. But right now it seems like what I can't figure out is, okay, Reich's supporting him. Ballard seems like he's done. And everything we've heard, it seems like Ursay's done. But I don't know, maybe is Ballard not done yet? and He's still trying to talk Ursay out of it. Either way, I know those three, the big power players, are not on the same page. And there's something there that they got to figure out as far as what they want to do to make this next move. I think Ursay's done with Wentz. And I think what Ballard and Wright yeah, have to ask like themselves is, are they willing to tie their jobs to Carson Wentz for 2022? Because if they talk Ursay into keeping right. Wentz and it's a repeat of 21, he's going to clean house after 22. That I just I don't know that, but that's how it's, I'm. It's, it's risky, as you would right. say, reading between yeah. the tea leaves. I think Ursay wants him gone, yeah. and and I don't know that Ballard, especially Ballard, feels strongly enough about Carson Wentz to tie his career to Wentz, especially because general managers very rarely get a second chance. Chris Ballard better do everything right. he can to keep that job in Indy because it's not like he's getting out. Maybe he's one of the exceptions because, I frankly, I think he's got the goods. He's pretty he's done damn good. pretty well right. with the team there. Right. So maybe he shouldn't worry about that. But at the end of the day, you are risking upheaval in your life if you say, I'll sign on to Carson Wentz. You're co-signing on one hell of a loan because at some point, Carson Wentz just is who he is. Recently, Lane Johnson was saying, I can't wait to see him go somewhere else and show everybody that they're wrong. At some point, you got to back off that. At some point, everybody else is right. At some point, yeah. he is who he is, not the guy that we thought he was going to be five years ago. Right. Yeah, no, I know. Hey, a lot of people are still hanging on to that second year in the NFL when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and we go, hey, he was the MVP. He was great. You know. And then two years after that, he had that stretch run at the end of the year where he carried the team to the playoffs, and you go, wait, is that the guy? But in between those years, we had all over the place Carson Wentz. And – Hey, I want to be fair to him. He had a good year last year. He had a good year. But there's something there. I mean, we know it upset the organization that he didn't get vaccinated. All right? And you could say what you want. It came back and bit him in the ass. Period. It did. He missed a week of practice in the most crucial week of the year. Beat the Raiders. You go to the playoffs at home. They don't beat him. He doesn't play well. Didn't practice either. Why? Because he was out for that. You know, the next week in Jacksonville, plays like crap. The problem with Wentz is, you know, there is an aura or a perception around him. He does some dumb things. You know, there's the stuff we've heard about Philadelphia with, you know, not being the best in the locker room and being a guy that the guys can relate to and hang with and all of that. And then when he makes mistakes, he makes mistakes in the most crucial times. And I think that's what frustrates people about Carson Wentz. And you're right. That's a tough one for Ballard and company to go, wait, I'm going to hang my hat on that. You know, there's some part where you go, okay, this could work out and this could be good. But to your point, the risk is if you bring them back and it's not good, we know the public perception and everybody's going to go, what is Carson Wentz? What the hell did they expect? I mean, he's not any good. So why are the Eagles got rid of him? And that then leads to, yes, bad articles about you, Chris Ballard, and then you get fired because of that, to your point. I think you're, you're spot on. And that's where this is a, a dangerous, dangerous you know, decision. It's a big-time decision. It really is. Uh, because, yes, there is something. There's not a lot of franchise quarterbacks. Wentz has shown the ability to be that, but it's few and far between, and it's this crap. I mean, what we threw what? How, how many interceptions did we throw on shovel passes or left hand throws this year, and just some big moments like we've talked about, and that's what's scary about him. Another quarterback who had a moment like that the last time we saw him, Kyler Murray. He had that ugly pick six against the Rams in the playoffs. 
His future with the Cardinals continues to be muddy. We heard from both Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime yesterday about Murray. When we return, we'll talk more about where things stand and where things are going. Now that we have the extra information from the coach and GM of the team, we'll do that next here on PFT Live. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.